This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 191 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose. Today, we're going to talk about how to build an audience. This is a question that I am routinely hearing from people, not only that have had a blog or have had an Instagram account or consider themselves an influencer, but also brick and mortar businesses that are now with COVID trying to grow their business online. So today, we're really going to dive into some specific steps that you can take. I'm going to reference you to a couple different podcast episodes that will continue to build a upon the principles that I'm going to teach to you today. All right, so first off, we're going to start with the fact that you need to know your audience. And when we're talking about your audience, it needs to start off with that whole idea of an avatar. Now, the person that you're trying to talk to, you want to be able to talk to that avatar, knowing their age, knowing what their financial situation most likely would be. And a lot of times when you're starting off to really grow this business and your presence, you have to decide what type of person you want that to be. So a lot of times it may not be the who your audience is exactly right now, but it needs to be that ideal person that you want to be talking to. So what does their family consist of? Do they have kids? Are they single? Are they in their 20s? What is their job? Where do they work? Where do they live? Are they in the United States or the East Coast, West Coast, North, South, whatever that might look like, that's really going to be important when you're creating your content. So make sure that if you need help really defining your avatar, who your audience is, go back to episode 80, and we're going to walk you through how to build that avatar. There's also a worksheet that goes along with that. So make sure that after this episode is done, you hop over to episode 80 and listen to that piece because that's the first step. You truly have to know your audience who you are talking to. And if you feel like you've been online for five years, you have a different following over on Instagram than you do that's coming to the content on your blog, I want you to think about who would be your ideal client? Who would be the ideal person coming to your content? So this might look different if you're a food blogger, if you're a nutritionist, or if you're a real estate agent, right? You need to determine what it is that you, how what you offer, how you're going to monetize. So if you're a food blogger, your ideal audience is going to want to make lots of your recipes. You want someone that consistently relies upon searching online or going to their favorite blog like yours in order to get that next recipe. Whereas if we're talking about a nutritionist that has services, you're looking for someone that you can warm up to the idea of maybe working one-on-one with you. So they're going to need to have a certain level of financial finances to be able to afford your services. That factors in when you're trying to decide upon this ideal audience. So again, make sure you hop over to episode 80. It'll really walk you through how to build an avatar and break that down for you. Okay, the next piece of in order to build an audience, you need to be creating relevant 
content. And when we're talking about relevant content, for some of you that might be listening, you're thinking, oh, I'm creating relevant content, but you also have content that's probably been around for five years, seven years, three years, where you could update that content to make it more relevant to the times. So Instapot, can you add in the fact that there's different instructions for maybe some of your slow cooker recipes, and now you want to add in the fact that you could do Instapot? Look back at your older content in order to update it to make it relevant. You also want to make sure that when you are creating relevant content, that you're doing your keyword research. And a lot of times this is where people's eyes start to glass over. But I wanna tell you a quick example of a story. For me, when I had the Melrose family, I had had a love bug fruit cup that was adorable, went viral on Pinterest, did really, really well. And I had pretty much just taken um, fruit cups and I turned them by adding on with my hot glue gun, which I was known for, with sparklers and cute little eyes. I made them into love bugs, fruit cups. So I titled that post, that DIY, love bug fruit cups. The problem is, is that no one is searching for love bug fruit cups. It was something that I had made up to be a cute name for what that post was. Sure, that's what I called them, but what are people searching for in order to find them is what you need to be thinking about when you're doing that keyword research. That's really what we're talking about when we say the words keyword research. I'm asking you, what will people search for in order to find that? So for example, with those love bug fruit cups, clearly no one was searching for that. But what they were searching for were non-candy Valentine's Day ideas. And it was a non-candy Valentine idea. That was why I had created it because I didn't want to send candy in to school for Valentine's Day. I wanted to do something a little different, something that wasn't candy. So it falls underneath that category. When I switched that Love Bug Fruit Cup title and the content within it to start calling it a non-candy Valentine's Day idea, the search volume went up. I started showing up in Google because that's what people are searching for. So I really want you to start thinking about if someone, your ideal client, your ideal audience, which we talked about is important already, right? You want to think about what will they be searching for in order to find my content. Now, if you're looking to dive deeper into really understanding keyword research, a little bit more about SEO, go back to episode 154 with Ty Kilgore. He gave an amazing example that really helps you understand how to do that keyword research, what sort of volume you're looking for, why it's so important to think about the string of words that you put together as your keyword. But make sure you go to that episode to listen in because he explains it so much better than I would. All right, so we've got know your audience, create relevant content. Now we need to talk about creating consistent content. So often I hear from people, oh, I have three blog posts and I've had my site for a year and a half and no one is coming to my content. Well, you only hit, that's three pieces of content. If you are someone that's trying to build an audience, trying to bring you new leads, you have to be putting out content in order to attract those people to you. And a lot of times you can't just rely upon Instagram. I recently had a nutritionist that came to me that said, I have a program, I have a membership site, I have local clients that are loving it, they're 
shouting it from the hilltops how great this is. The problem, though, is that I only have people that are local because it's referral that they're coming to me for. How do I grow it so that I can start reaching more people since it's an online program that doesn't need to be done in person? Well, my first question was, well, how, what kind of content are you creating? What does that look like? So if you go back to episode 176, I talk even more in depth about creating that consistent content and how easy it can actually be. So now when I'm talking about this consistent content, I'm talking about pieces of written or spoken content. So for example, podcast a blog post. I'm not talking about an Instagram post, a Facebook post, nothing social media wise. I'm talking about actual content that's going to come up if someone were to search for you. So this could actually also be YouTube because as we all know, videos are actually part of that search volume. So we're talking podcasts, YouTube and blog posts for the most part with this content because that's how people are going to find it and determine whether or not what you're explaining or speaking on makes sense to them and they can learn from you. Anytime you want someone to become a client, they need to have an opportunity to understand whether or not the way in which you teach is how they learn. And as a former teacher, I emphasize this more and more. Too often, I see in Facebook posts, in Facebook on my feed, within groups of um, entrepreneurs saying, oh, I hired a business coach and it totally didn't work. And my question is always, well, where did you find them? How did you know about them? And they'll say, I Googled it and I just signed up for a discovery call. The problem is you have no idea how they teach, how they talk. You want to know, or even better, if they've done what you're looking to do. You have to ask those questions. You search for a business coach. Anybody can do SEO and make it so that they end up on the first page when it comes to a business coach. But are they a business coach in which your area in which you need to improve your business. If you're going to someone that has only done brick and mortar and they have no idea about online, then that's not a good fit. If you're looking for someone to understand how to grow a podcast, but that person only has three episodes on their podcast and they've had it for a year and a half, that person is not the right person. You want someone who actually has a track record in doing what you want to do. You're looking for that ideal person to find. So thinking about that moving forward, when you're creating your content, what does your ideal audience need to know in order to sign on for your membership site? um, Buy your digital course. Do you one-on-one services with you? Buy a house from you if you're a real estate agent. Whatever that looks like for you within your industry, you need to start to think about being able to create that consistent content for them. Okay, the next piece. So again, we've talked to know your audience, relevant content, consistent content. Now we're gonna talk about brand identity. So a lot of times people hear this word, again, we hear brand identity and people immediately think, oh, she's talking about the pretty pictures and the font and the look of my website. That's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about brand identity, I'm also talking about, more importantly, 
positioning and personal positioning. Because in order to attract people, you're going to have to take a stand and actually show who you are so they can connect with you. The only way that people are going to be willing to put forth their hard-earned money to take a digital course or to do your one-on-one services is if they know, like, and trust you. In my book, Influencer Entrepreneurs, you know that I've spoken about this a number of times. My entire four-part framework starts with positioning. I spent an entire section of my book talking about this. So make sure that you really start to think about how can you infiltrate your content with your voice, your beliefs, what you think. Now, I'm not talking about get political or talk about wearing masks or anything like that. I'm talking about who you are, what sets you apart from everyone else that's out there? What makes you different as a real estate agent or as a nutritionist? What is your background? What is it that you have done? That's what comes in for your positioning. And one of the examples I always give in my book, I gave this in my book, was of a um, budgeting blogger who came to me and said, I don't know what my positioning is. I don't know how I'm different. And my question to her first knowing immediately what the answer was, was, remind me again how many kids you have. And her answer to me was, Jenny, you know I just got pregnant with my 10th kid. You were one of the first ones I told. And I kind of sat back and I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And where do they go to school again? And again, she got frustrated with me and said, you know that I homeschool them. And I kind of just sat back. And the best way I can explain it was, was that Joey Tribbiani moment of like waiting for her to connect the dots. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, I'm a homeschooling mom of 10 kids and I do budgeting. I know how to budget with 10 kids that I homeschool. That's what you're looking for. That sort of position that sets you apart from everyone else out there. She's not going to compete with Dave Ramsey that talks about budgeting. He has his own people, his own story, but she's going to connect with those moms that have multiple kids that need to know how to budget and still be able to run their household. So that's where her connection, that's where her positioning comes in. In order to go even further into better understanding your brand identity, you're going to want to go back to listen to episode 94 with Phil Palin. Phil is one of my favorite people in the entire world, and he always does such an amazing job of really explaining what brand identity means and should look like for you. It's not just about the fonts and the pretty pictures. The positioning is a huge, huge important piece of this. Okay, the next thing that we need to be keeping in mind is to grow your list. I cannot tell you how many bloggers or influencers or even brick and mortar stores have come to me and said, I I can't seem to reach people. And I'll say, okay, well, what does your email list look like? And they'll go, well, what, what's an email? Why, why do I need what? And all of a sudden, the stuttering all comes out. You can see them trying to backtrack and pretend like they don't need that. You need an email list. That email list is what's going to create the consistency for you of getting people to get to know you and to read your relevant content that is relevant to them. So grow that email list. Think of ways in which you can offer them something for free. And it doesn't have to be a free service. It can be an, a checklist. It can be a, a, an ebook, whatever would work for your industry. But you're giving that 
to them in exchange for their email address. So that when you start creating this consistent, relevant content that is meant for that ideal audience, you can send them an email with that content and they can go to it when it's important to them and when it's relevant to them. Now, if you're looking for ways to create opt-ins to build that list, you can always go back to episode 107. Jen Slavich was actually my guest um, expert that came in that for that podcast interview. And she really talks about all the different opt-in ideas. We often make growing an email list more complicated than it needs to be. It's not that techie. If you are running a website, you can grow an email list. They make the software so much easier to use now. All you need to do is create a link and copy and paste stuff in in order to have a place for them to put their email address in in order to get the free thing that you're offering them. So growing that email list is going to help you tremendously to really truly create that tribe of people. It gives them a chance, again, to decide if they like you and they trust you and are willing to buy your product. You have to put things in front of people seven times. We've talked about this so many times on this podcast. You have to give them an opportunity to see things seven times. That is not going to happen if they Google something and they come to you for one recipe. Or that's not going to happen if you post something on your Instagram stories about your favorite beauty product and you send them a link. That's one time that it's in front of them. And you have to remember that people are busy, right? We're all busy. And their way in which they are, they're never going to come back. They're, they might look at something else that you post on Instagram stories that maybe has an affiliate link to a dress, but you're not creating a place where they can consistently hear from you. They have to actually seek out your content often inside of Instagram. They have to interact with it because if they don't interact with it, we all know the algorithm doesn't actually let you let them see your content. So in order to do this, creating that email list and growing it, emailing them consistently as well. Too often I'll hear people say, oh, I've got an email list of 5,000. I'll say, how often are you emailing your list? They'll say once a month. <laughs> you can't email your list once a month. By the time you email them, they're, they're not even going to remember who you are. I mean, you want to be as consistent as possible. Email your list at least once a week. If you're anything like me, you're emailing three times a week. And my people are looking for those emails. And the ones that are not, unsubscribe and they're not my people. And I'm okay with that. And you need to be too. That's why you need to be using all of these aspects in in order to build your audience. Because when you create content for that ideal audience that is relevant and consistent, what and infuses your brand identity, you attract the people that are meant to be attracted to you and you repel the ones that are not. Those are not the ones that you want on your email list or they're never going to buy a product or service anyway. So why would you want them just sitting there for once a month email? That doesn't serve you your purpose. So really think about how you can grow that list for to create that tribe of people that are going to buy anything and everything that you put out there or even just consume anything and everything that you put out there. 
All right, the final thing that I want to talk about with how to build an audience is to make sure that you are using social media. Now, we have had a recent episode with um, Andrea. I want to see what her actual episode number was so I can direct you guys to it. But she talked about having a social media template plan, a plan in which you are going to create content on to cross promote the content that you are creating on a podcast, on your YouTube, on your blog, whatever that might look like. So you want to not be spending all of your time on social media, but going where your ideal audience is. So if your ideal audience isn't on Twitter, unless it's politics and sports, they're probably not there. So don't spend time on Twitter then. You don't need to have Twitter if it's not attracting the right audience. So instead, I want you to maybe spend time on Facebook if that's where your people are. Oh, and if your content isn't getting seen on Facebook, then they're not there, go to Instagram. There are so many episodes on my podcast about Instagram and Instagram stories, little ways in which you can engage with your audience. Make sure that just Google it. Google inside or even search inside the JennyMelrose.com website and you'll see probably 10 to 15 different episodes just on Instagram because I believe that is where you all are. That's where you are. You are my ideal audience. You're my ideal listener. I'm assuming that you're on Instagram using it as well and that's how I'm going to continue to attract business owners that are looking to grow their online presence. So I'm going to make sure I'm creating content over there. Don't spend all your time posting 47 times a day to Facebook. Look and see what works. I recently posted an Instagram story talking about the fact that I took a week off from Instagram. Totally took the week off. No stories, no posts to my feed, no nothing. I needed to do it for my own mental health. We are all going through a lot right now. Whether it's COVID, homeschooling your kids, dealing with the crap on Instagram, uh, not Instagram, but Facebook, on politics and masks and oh my goodness, it's never ending. So I needed a break. And that break gave me the opportunity to come back and be able to create content that serves you all, that serves my audience. That's what you're looking to do when you're creating that content on social media for your blog posts, for your podcast, or for your YouTube videos. You want to be serving your audience with that content, not just randomly promoting stuff that you feel or have been told by a guru that you need to post 10 times a day every other hour on Facebook. Do the research, look and see, pay attention to the data. If you're not seeing any click-throughs from Facebook on your post that you're promoting or putting out there, why would you post 10 times a day and continue to waste all of that time researching the content, setting up the post, and then trying to interact with who? No one's seeing it. (laughs) So why do that? Pay attention to your insights. See what is working for you. This is why it's so important from the beginning to make sure you define knowing your audience. You have to really know where your people are because that is how you're going to attract them, whether they're on Instagram, Facebook, wherever they might be, you're going to be able to engage with them and push them towards your content. You guys, I really, truly hope that you will take the time to go back to those other episodes that I talked about 
um, that are for the podcast so that you can make sure that you're doing even a deeper dive on these six steps to building your audience. These are things that do not happen overnight. I am continuously also hearing people come to me and say, oh, I've been doing this for four months and I'm just not getting 100,000 page views and making a full-time income. And I just kind of look at them like, what in the world? Of course not. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. If you do the things correctly, you will speed up. You will be moving along faster. I have some clients that I started off with them and they didn't have a site at all. They have been able to build it and grow. And they always are amazed that when they reach out to other people, they're farther along than some of the others. It's because their foundation was set up correctly. They were given steps by someone really smart, no, I mean, <laughs> me, I was able to walk them through it because you know what, you guys, I didn't do that. I took the slow way and there's no wrong or right way. You don't have money to invest in a coach or into products and services that are going to help you move your business quicker. That's okay. When I started, it was a, a side hustle. It wasn't something that I really truly had my brain wrapped around that this could be consistent income. I didn't believe it until I was five years in. And then once I believed it and started treating it like a business, that's what made all the difference. That was when I was able to look at it as, okay, I'm going to invest money in this and I expect to see a return. And if I didn't, I changed the way that I was doing it. I used my data to understand how I could continue to grow my business. This is something that takes effort but if you love it and you're helping and serving people, then you should enjoy the journey. You got to keep in mind that right now, obviously, we are all overwhelmed with everything that is going on in our world. It isn't a path that is straight and, and narrow. It's a path that zigzags, circles back, takes seven steps backwards and four steps forward. It's not a clear path because of everything else that is affecting your personal life with your kids being home and your um, significant others working in the next room over where they can you can't do certain things certain days of the week with video or whatever it might be. Give yourself some grace. Be kind to yourself but continue to set expectations of where you want to see yourself. I appreciate all you guys so much for listening in. You know that I love it when you tag me on your Instagram stories at Jenny underscore Mellors, telling me how you're listening in, what you're doing while you're listening, and telling me what tip was the one that really hit home for you. What made all the difference? I also appreciate it beyond words when you guys leave a review on iTunes. A rating and review helps me not only be able to line up great guests, but it also attracts new people to be able to find me. So if you have a chance to leave me a rating review on your favorite podcasting app, I would so appreciate it. And you will be sure to get a DM for me thanking you. So leave your Instagram handle on that review so that I can send it over to you. All right, guys, until next time, I will see you all then.